0: Yeah, man, we should have cut those ties years ago after serving in Iraq. I guess it's not so clean when you've got a kid in the mix, though, is it?
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 402 with a review of 999. I'm Christopher Schnasey.
2: I'm
0: Casey Affleck. <laughs> and I'm Chiwetel Ejiofor.
1: <laughs> and if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, we already released a review of Eddie the Eagle. And uh, usually, if you know we've crossed Monday and we haven't reviewed an extra film, we'll just call it a day. But however... I took to the interwebs after I saw Triple Nine to express my hatred for it. And uh, we know for a fact that Carson likes this movie. And uh, I think Steven's quoted as saying, I don't know why Chris hates it so much. We don't know what that actually means, though. Mm -hmm. So uh, we decided that we were going to come back and make sure that we got you guys a proper review of Triple Nine. Because uh, by the end of this episode, we will have a podcaster down.
2: It's... it's it better be good, cause cutting into my Gilmore Girls watching time. So, oh man!
1: <laughs> but the whole sense. So Gilmore Girls is not actively on the air, right?
2: Uh, no, but it's on Netflix, and uh, yeah, but Netflix trying to watch is on demand
1: service. Yeah, like, you can watch it whenever you want. There is no way to cut into time that is on demand. But
2: I got seven seasons to watch, bro, before the revival. So, it's twenty-two episodes. Twenty-two episodes apiece, man. I gotta get my I gotta get my GG on before before it comes back
1: all right well uh steven are you a fan
0: of gilmore girls i <laughs> uh, can't really say that i am I, i'm not not a fan of gilmore girls I'm, I'm still watching friends that's still me like oh that's good. catching up catching up with the rest of the world now that something is finally on netflix uh, yeah. gg will come next and maybe parenthood we'll see
2: well you got to follow a lauren graham show up with another lauren graham show that's for sure mm-hmm.
0: I I never watched Gilmore Girls, but it
1: was one of those shows where like years later when I realized it was a popular thing, I just didn't, I didn't realize it at the time. I was like, hey, when did that become the thing that everybody watched? It was really weird. I don't, I don't know.
0: I've seen like maybe five episodes. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Anyway, Triple Nine...
1: (laughs) Yeah, Triple Nine. We're not here to talk about Gilmore Girls, which I know I know is a huge disappointment for some of you guys listening to the podcast. Ah, totally. Um, because at least, like, 75% of the population is in love with the show. Um, but we are going to be talking about Triple Nine. I think that uh, rather than ask you guys if you're ready for it, I'm just going to start playing the trailer for Triple Nine, and then we're going to come back and give you guys a review.
2: Out here, there is no good and there is no bad survive out here, you gotta out-monster the monster. Can you do that? Give him hell, baby. Bye, Dad.
0: Everybody listen up! Marcus, you got a new partner. Allow me to introduce Chris. Hey, so, can we talk about this? Hell no. <laughs> the rules around here are different. You better learn fast.
2: You fine,
1: How's your job going? And I'm trying to make a difference. Police! He's on the run! Get down! Get
0: down! We're family. <laughs> Your job?
1: Get home at the end of the night. Let's make this one for the books. Everybody know. Don't move! Call just went out. Two and a half minutes. What you got for me? we
0: dealing with the full man team. They got pictures of my family. Be careful what you insta-google Please, page. This guy's the leader. You gotta ask yourself, who's that fourth guy? Don't make me regret pulling you cops in for this.
2: You all right? Yeah, man. I'm good you. The gods. we changing out the frogs. I these lions heart like my name ended in
1: us. I'm gonna find out what you fixin' to do.
2: Does anyone believe something very big is about to go down? I don't have a problem taking out a cop. There's gotta be a different way. i do a cop just like that. gunshots going off at a thing.
1: There is no limit to what desperate men will do when pushed.
0: Triple Nine, officer down. Please respond, all units.
1: All right, so that was the trailer for Triple Nine. Uh, basically, there are some corrupt, corrupt cops, and they are in a situation where... The wife of a Russian mob boss is forcing them to do a job. The job is more difficult than they would like prefer to have. And they come up with a genius plan that uh, if there was a triple nine, which is the police code for officer down, then they might be able to pull off this job that they have to do while the rest of the police force is trying to pay attention to the downed officer. Carson, why do you love this movie?
2: Uh well I think it's very simple I think that it's a very well made uh, action thriller with uh, a stacked cast and a great director and uh it's a lot of fun I think that uh, uh first of all I just want to say that this is one of the hardest movies that I've seen in a long time um it's just a- what, what what do you mean by hardest well I'm about to explain how okay, um, he felt while he watched it yeah, I was just just ripping <laughs> so, out the whole movie, so you were the hardest, yeah, <laughs> while you watched this movie well, since chris is uh, extremely white uh hard i mean hard as in like it goes hard because it's an extremely gritty and grimy and dirty sleazy sweaty movie uh with a lot of uh it just it just it feels dangerous, you know, it feels like a very hard movie. Uh, it's got a lot of testosterone and and stuff like that in it. And, and I think that, that I, I don't know, it's, I haven't seen a movie like that done well in a long time. Um, I still
1: haven't seen a movie like that done well. Oh. Mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably true. But uh, anyway, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's just that they, there's a lot of movies nowadays. Like they, they end up... You know being gritty, but it's just like not fun to watch um so this is this is gritty without being you know annoying or bro or something like that uh which I appreciate. it kinda kind of feels like uh urban dramas from back in the nineties, which uh I also appreciate so to kind of give you a a visual i think at least how I felt about the uh <laughs> about triple nine was it kind of felt like. Uh, they put the town uh, season two in the rear view. What?
1: <laughs> Is it in their rear view?
2: Right. Yeah. Um, they put the town, uh, the rear view, uh, season two of triple N- uh, not triple nine, season two <laughs> of True Detective, uh, set it off and dead presidents in a blender and just let it rip because <laughs> this movie has just a lot of of great just it has a lot of. Influences and styles from uh, other movies, but I feel like it comes together to form um, its own thing and um, I feel like uh, you know, I've I've never been to the city of Atlanta But uh, this movie does not do it any favors because it makes it look like hell on earth Uh, and I think the the sort of that dangerous feeling that hard feeling throughout the whole movie. Uh I think it resonates really well. Like I it feels authentic to me. Uh you know, lame ass white boy. Feels it feels authentic and realistic, but uh yeah, I thought that it was I thought it was really well done. It has a very uh cool style for sure. And I mean, come on, the acting is really good. I think uh Casey Affleck Turns in another great performance. Really, all the the actors in this movie, I mean, even all the supporting roles are filled by a memorable face. And uh, I, I really liked how it just kind of just dropped you into the situation. Like, that whole opening heist uh, is really well done and really takes you, uh, you know, puts you right into this world immediately and doesn't really kind of mess around to... to establish a lot of what's going on uh i so i like that i thought that it was uh i thought it was a really well done genre movie it was kind of like a it kind of felt like a like a a trashy b movie but it was it was executed by a-list talent so steven Steven, how, how in the middle are you gonna be on this
1: yeah do you fall in the middle do you lean towards one of us what's your what's your deal
0: I am in the middle leaning towards Carson, I think. Um, So here's what I know Chris didn't like. Like, if I channel my inner Chris, I totally get it. (laughs) Because this is a genre flick where the character motivations and the histories behind them and the way point A leads to point B is totally not the point. Like, we know in this movie that... uh, Schuettel's character, he's like at the end of his luck. Uh, he's been driven to the edge, but what's he on the edge for? Boom, still got it. Um, <laughs> every use the joke, every time he's in a movie, I'm going to use that joke. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like the exposition in this movie can be summarized by one bit of dialogue that I loved so much I wrote down, <laughs> which was a phone call between two of the guys. And one was like, yeah, man. We should have cut those ties years ago after serving in Iraq. I guess it's not so clean when you've got a kid in the mix, though, is it? (laughs) (laughs) In one sentence, it was like, this is who you are. This is why we're here. It, we're done. Um,
2: That's all you need, bro.
0: Yeah. So the movie is clearly weak on plot and like it is not really intending to be a very heavy one. Uh, But I did think stylistically it had a lot to recommend it. Like I thought it was pretty damn fun. Um, Carson talked about it being hard, and when I saw the trailer, that is definitely what I felt, and I wasn't totally thrilled either. It was like 11 p.m. on a Saturday. I had literally just watched the new Steve Jobs movie like nine minutes before this movie was starting, so I got in a (laughs) lift and like raced over (laughs) to see it. Uh, which was nice to see Kate Winslet do another bad eastern european accent like just two <laughs> oh movies back God. to back.
2: This is the jo- this is the Joanna Hoffman sequel. This is oh, this yeah. is where she ended up after Apple. Yeah, this
0: is her after Apple and before The Divergent series, which is when she <laughs> just goes full full metal bitch. Right. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so the trailer promised something extremely abrasive, very like gritty, dirty south violent like all hell is going to break loose. Super urban and very 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 bloody um and i actually think the film pulled back on that a little bit like just enough it didn't it didn't feel like some kind of visual onslaught it was actually like enough to really get the feel of this depiction of atlanta and the chaos of the streets and the crookedness of the cops and the way the world works without just feeling like ultra excessive to me Uh, So So, I actually liked the style, particularly because it wasn't as hard as I was afraid it was going to be. So Um, what
1: you're saying is you thought you were in store for a triple nine, but you really just got a double nine.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got a Brooklyn Um, (laughs) Nine-Nine. But yeah, I mean, I I dug it. I think it had this very kind of cool, frenetic energy to it. I think the cast is pretty damn good. Way better than their characters, for sure. Um, There are a few scenes that I really liked. I thought the opening scene, like Carson mentioned, was just great i think if the dark knight didn't exist it would be like really 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 great <laughs> it's just because i've seen a few of these kind of daylight heist things before that like it wasn't completely new to me but i i loved it i love the the red dye and the car chase and all of that it, it was really cool yeah that really uh, said
2: it over the top was that because it because all the posters for this movie have put the the dudes with the red, you know, ski masks on. And you think that they just decided, oh fuck it, we're gonna wear red masks today. Yeah. But it's yeah, actually you think it's like
0: <laughs> the town or something. And yeah, like, like it
2: was an actual like uh fashion choice, but uh no, it was just from the 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 bank bag.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um I also really liked there's a scene toward the middle of the movie with Casey Affleck doing his police work in a kind of very methodical, intense way. Uh, and I thought that was also really awesome. Um, so the, the characters in general, I like. I like Truettel. I think he's a great actor. I think, you know, the character is thin, but you definitely do sympathize with him. Uh, you feel it. Aaron Paul, even if he's typecast as the junkie with a heart of gold who feels guilty about something, he he's still, like, really good at playing that character. And random things like michael k williams has the best random cameo in this movie (laughs) yeah
2: that cameo is the best
0: (laughs) yeah um i mean i don't know All, all i can say is this movie is mostly style and i did not love it i'm not even sure i really liked it but it was a totally pleasant way to spend two hours like i thought it did something cool it had a nice energy to it it was basically like plot-wise, it's something like run all night, right? Like, it's nothing special. There's a thing, there's a... People are angry, they have to do a job, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Who cares? Um, But it definitely had a kind of, like, uh, Fuqua-type energy to me, where it was something propelling scene to scene that made it still really fun to watch. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Middle of the road, but positive movie for me, I think. Like, I can't imagine what you could hate about this movie. I can imagine being, like, Meh about it, but I don't. I don't see what could be offensive. It, it just seemed too, too like fun and not big. Like, like it wasn't heavy enough to offend me. I think.
1: Well, I, <clears throat> so I I don't know which direction to come at this uh, because there's some things I could reply to. I should have had a pen and paper to write down the points I wanted to reply to. The first thing I do I want to do is uh, something that I never thought I would ever do ever it which is uh make a positive statement towards run all night <laughs> in your comparison to run all night like i like at least in run all, run all night the the motivations are simple like there was an altercation one man had to shoot another man's son and that man has decided he's going to kill the other guy's son in revenge like it's a, everything is driven by that one event in this we come upon a set of characters who are already corrupt who are in with this mob boss's wife for unknown reasons. All we know is that one of them has a connection to the sister of the mob boss. Yeah. To one woman. Yeah. So like, like we know that they have a connection there, but it's like in what universe did you get involved in that situation and everything was fine, but then something happened to make you become a like, there, there's no point in time where the, the, our heroes experience a gray area of time. And and where they're like sort of not too shady, like a job happens, and maybe they skim some off the top, and that leads them down a path. Like basically, this feels like episode nine of a twelve episode season of a television show. Like it's it's as if you just came in the middle of a series and just started watching, and you're like, oh, I guess these are corrupt cops. I don't really get it. Like when I when I left the theater at one a.m. because I decided to see an eleven o'clock showing at night. When I got home, I made some joke about how I thought this was distributed by sunk cost pictures. This feels like somebody had what they thought was a great idea for a film. They filmed it all. And in the editing room, they realized they did not have a movie. But at this point they were like, well, we got stars. We can just put it out and people will see it, right? Like nobody will notice that it's a piece of shit movie. Like that, that's what it felt like to me. Cause like even the things that you guys are, are celebrating it for there are things within the context of what's happening that make me just go like, no, I can't even appreciate this because this is too ridiculously stupid. Um, The one exception is the scene that... Uh, Stephen was referencing in the middle of the film where Casey Fleck is leading like a raid on a building, a little apartment complex. That scene is legitimately awesome. It plays out fine, even though there's still a little thing hovering over through the context of the story that annoys me from some standpoint, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, the first thing I want to say is this opening heist scene, right? Like, so I, I like cop movies. I like heist movies. We've talked about me liking heist movies before on the podcast. I, I, I love them. They're fun. This should have been fun. But while... I, While I can agree that the whole thing with, like, the little, you know, die bag smoke thingamajiggers, like, all that stuff is really cool, but, like, we have a character in a large inconspicuous vehicle who is theoretically playing the scout for the group, but he's driving literally 30 yards behind the car that's trying to escape. Like, Why are they not just in the bigger car? Like, like it doesn't make sense why that... It's not like he's in a helicopter or on a rooftop or using binoculars to guide them, to tell them where the cops are. Just for whatever reason, there are two chase vehicles. The group isn't splitting up. They're not using it as a diversion tactic. Like, there was literally no reason why their heist plan should involve them arriving in one vehicle and one of them sticking back while the rest of them leave in an escape vehicle. I I actually
0: think you missed what they were trying to do in that scene i think they actually reference it what were they trying to do Uh, i think it's supposed to be a handoff that didn't work like it is a diversionary tactic Uh, at at least that's what the characters are saying because he's basically like oh shit missed the handoff because of you know things not going according to plan um, yeah,
2: and I was just going to say that uh, the karaoke machine in the back of the truck that stops randomly in the middle of the song also wasn't realistic either. So,
1: <laughs> no, my, my point is that, like, if you are trying to, if I am setting up a heist and I'm like, okay, guys, this is the plan we are going to escape in two vehicles and then drive those vehicles together the entire route the only reason why it screws up is because the the smoke bag things go off like that's what throws a wrench in the plan but like there's no there's no sense of like oh we will drive the other car into the back of this there's no explanation for why there's two vehicles and maybe characters are referencing that the the handoff didn't work but there's, there's not a clear sense of what is going on when things go south the fact that one person isn't a big truck vehicle could have been used to some sense that like in, in some way that makes sense, but it doesn't happen that way. And then, then you go on and like we have, we have the, the guy who's driving that big vehicle, who's chasing behind for no reason. He seems to be like the nicest out of the group. Like he's helping out, but he seems to be the one that has like the clearest head on his shoulders. And they make it a point that he sees that an innocent civilian has been shot like, the camera lingers on that person, lingers on his reaction to that character being shot, but then nothing happens with that, right? Like, it's almost like he's going to possibly get caught because he wants to help somebody who is an innocent bystander, but, like, they don't even do anything like that. So there, there's constant moments in the film where I'm like, why are, you, why are you showing me things? Like, you're spending time to communicate something to me that you're not using for anything.
2: Um well I took the that part where Norman Reedus saw the girl had gotten shot. Uh I took that as not him feeling sympathetic for her, but kind of like, oh shit, like uh somebody a bystander got shot and they shouldn't have. Like this is like, this is gonna f things up.
1: But 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 they're 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 standing there shooting <laughs> like assault rifles into cars right, I know- to mess up traffic. Like
2: there's yeah, but they weren't they weren't trying to aim at people. I don't think. I mean, I I I I kind of feel like that that heist was a little botched, so it didn't. I don't think they were planning on killing anybody. You know, that day. Yeah, and and I think that's
0: the whole point is that things are getting botched, and it becomes progressively more violent than anyone wanted it to be. I mean, because I don't think
2: they. I don't think they were expecting to uh get hit with the the red dye either. At least yeah, yeah. Well, not well,
1: obviously. Like yeah. I'm I'm fine with it going sideways and bad things happen, but like there's characters who they're showing to want to respond in ways that they're not doing anything with. Like it it doesn't add anything to the scene when like it doesn't really matter for that that character. Especially considering what happens moments later when the scene changes But I'll, I'll just go on because I'm not doing a good job of explaining that so Aaron Paul's character um, Steven was talking about how he is he's he's good at playing like the junkie with a heart of gold So when, when the entire group comes up with the idea of doing the triple nine All right, we are back after some gnarly technical difficulties, but uh, either way You guys are both right <laughs>
2: Skype got triple nine.
1: <laughs> but you guys are both right. I'm I am talking about the mo I'm talking about what one character thought the other character was doing in a scene. Um but yeah
2: and so I, bef- I, so I rescind, before I got kicked off. I, re- I rescinded
1: what I was saying. Either either way, that doesn't okay. matter.
2: Um Yeah, because we were starting to go into big time spoiler territory. Yeah. Should I just cut <laughs> it out
1: then completely?
2: Yeah, I guess so.
0: And Just have a message saying like i was wrong about a thing i was very very very
2: i'll I'll leave
1: this part in i was wrong
2: just put in the the clip from prometheus where uh numi Rapaz is just like we were so wrong
1: (laughs) is that in the trailer because i can totally drop that in
2: i think it's in the trailer yeah we were so wrong
1: all right so anyways aaron paul's character is fine (laughs) He's all right. Other, other than the context, one down, eight to go. Other, <laughs> other than the context of the scene that follows that, like I like in in, I it's so hard to talk about this movie without spoilers.
2: Um, well, we should just go into the spoiler segment. I don't know. Well, well, we'll just keep keep going for now. All right. I mean, I, I, I think that, right, I'm fine with spoilers. I think section. we can skim. I think we could skim around it. Well,
1: well, so so I mean, it, it's it's in the description of the film. It, it's the, what the whole plot is. Like the movie's called Triple Nine, so it's not. No, a, I
2: mean, I, I think the the actual like the the device of you know trying to kill Casey Affleck's character. Yeah, yeah, but but so so
1: here's so that's here, fine. Here, here's the thing, though. So 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 we know that like Casey Affleck is is the nice character, and if the film is called Triple Nine, then they want to kill a cop and there's only one cop who's not in on it, so they have to be trying to kill Casey Affleck. So the problem is that, like, from the moment they come up with the idea for killing him, there's at least two scenes where he could have died, right? There, there's two scenes where gang members, like, it feels like they're being set up to try to kill him, but they haven't planned the actual thing, their, the job yet. So it feels like they're pu- putting him in into scenarios in which the triple nine could happen but the job itself has not been been started yet like nobody is ready the team isn't ready to go they don't have a plan on on who's doing what so it, it's like to me i can't grasp that and maybe you guys would say that like oh those scenes just happened based on an earlier scene where um casey Affleck was ruff- ruffling the feathers of of some gang members and it just happens to be that Because they were doing police stuff, they were put in harm's way and it wasn't related to that event. But like, it feels like there is a scene where a particular gang member is put in, like, there's a scenario where, where it plays out where like, oh, this is the scene where he was supposed to be shot. That's the way it feels. The way that scene resolves, it feels like there is a moment where there's a struggle And Casey Affleck resolves that scene in a really interesting way that feels like, oh, that scene could have gotten down a different way. But it's literally two encounters with bad guys before when they want to actually do the job. And that doesn't make sense to me. Like, those moments may... The the moments isolated from the rest of the film may have good tension and may be interesting and may be constructed well. But in the context of the story, it's like, why does it feel like This is the job happening, but it's not ready. Then you go on to the the whole reason they need a triple nine is because this job would require too many people, right? But like when they're going to do the triple nine, they're splitting their team in half. So they're making their group even smaller. And when they go do the job, it doesn't feel like the job itself was guarded by normal police anyways. So like there's there's just basically a cascading series of things that the story tries to build that when you go through the cascade it doesn't feel like any of them require any of the previous ones to be there
0: i mean so i'm not gonna say that the plot was perfect (laughs) i do think again maybe you were a little tired when you watched it because i don't think the idea was they would need too many people it's that they would need too much time And the triple nine, the triple nine buys you time. Yeah, 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 but it doesn't buy you manpower. So,
1: so, so in the opening scene, it's all time based, right? They know that the cops respond in X amount of time. But in the later job, if two guys can go in and and do this job pretty quickly,
0: there there's no reason. Like, I mean, the problem is, and and again, we we shouldn't spoil. Too much but the problem is the moment they begin to do this job, they would have set off an alarm, so like just the depth of what you don't know yet and what you would have to penetrate makes it take more time than they think they could get away with
1: i i I just feel like it, it, it's it's not setting it, it's not like a mission impossible thing where you're like, oh shit, like he's got to dive into a thing and switch it like like there's no i don't feel that the impossible mission that they're doing was at all impossible.
2: Well, uh, I don't know where to begin. I wrote some things down because um, I wanted to have a rebuttal on some things. But first of all, I think this is what happens when you get way too involved in movie plots because you end up just sitting here drawing straws like Bruce Willis and JGL in the diner. Um <laughs> And little but, diagrams but and shit. This film
1: wants you to do that, though. But I, no, no, I don't, I don't think, think it, it does. does.
2: I I think that the messiness of the movie is its is one of its charms. I, I think that it sort of fits in with this world of of just grit and confusion. Um, and I mean, I don't know. Like, I I don't I don't see it as this movie where the characters, at least the, the corrupt cops. Um, I don't think they're ever supposed to be like these uh super slick badass criminals who can pull off these amazing heists like every time flawlessly. Like I I I feel like especially from that opening heist sequence, they are you are supposed to get the sense that they are good at their job. They are competent enough to pull something like this off, but they are not at all uh you know tom cruise and his team in mission impossible or something like that but
1: that's not that's not even true because the only reason that mission goes south is because of aaron paul like aaron paul is the wild card he is the younger cousin or sibling or whatever of of the other guy and he's only there because he he had to be right like he's if 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 aaron paul's character wasn't in this film literally everything they planned would have worked (laughs)
2: I I don't think that's true at all. Like, I, I, it
1: literally is true.
2: I don't think so. <laughs> it, like, it is true. It I, not not I only
1: not only would that be the case, but the film would not have resolved in the same way because well, the only connection any of these investigations have is because of Aaron Paul.
2: Even if Aaron Paul wasn't there, nobody would have been there because it's not real. It's a, it's a movie. No, no, no but but <laughs> it's if, it's if Aaron, happening in a fictional world.
1: If Aaron Paul's character wasn't there, the first mission would have gone fine. And the second mission, the Triple Nine, probably would have worked. And then the only other person who suspects anything in the entire story would have had zero evidence to connect oh, a completely well, okay. unrelated... I
2: thought you were ta- okay, I take that back. I thought you were talking about the opening heist.
1: No, no, no. no. I'm talking about like yeah, the entire well, film.
2: <laughs> of course the Triple Nine didn't work because of Aaron Paul, but I mean, I, I still got the sense that they weren't like the... Best team of people to be doing these things. Like I feel like they they were kind of at the end of their rope for sure. But what and it rope? They like, don't even know what the rope is. Yeah, you do. No, but you
0: feel like nobody nobody is going in there wanting to do it except for some of the cops you, are like remarkably you, dirty. You get
2: the <laughs> but, feeling. You get the feeling that these characters have been so consumed by corruptness. Uh, that they're just delusional at, no, no, at, to no, a point. Chiwetel,
1: or however pronounce his name, is the only character who hasn't a reason to even be doing this. Right. Because they're and not that's... getting paid for it. The first mission they were getting paid for. The second one was just a ransom. None of the other characters. No, no the second
0: is so they don't die. Well, <laughs> yeah, that too. That's very clear. Well, yeah. the, the end of this. I think one of the characters finds that out pretty quickly.
1: The, yeah. the end of this film basically shows that they could have resolved that issue without caring
2: well also that w- that was my first thing that I wrote down the rebuttal about uh you were talking about why uh chewie wasn't uh, <laughs> uh, something about him and and you know he has the kid with the sister with Wonder Woman um i mean that that uh that was very believable as to how he got wrapped up in that because he clearly got lost in the sauce bro like I mean. <laughs> (laughs) He had a kid with her. I mean, this is how all this is. It's an accident, child, and uh, I I totally believe that. That he 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 probably did want to get out of that line of work at some point, but then it was like, "Oops, now I have a child." And you know how all Russians are either prostitutes or mob members, right? I mean, dude, it's gonna happen. I mean, not to bring it back to the not to bring him back to the opening. banter but the same thing happened to uh, Christopher when he uh, proposed to Lorelai at the end of season 2 in Gilmore Girls Mm. like he he was like I want to marry you I want to be back with you and then it was like Oops, I got a phone call and my girlfriend's pregnant. I got to go marry her. See ya. <laughs> that's the spoilers I, for Gilmore Girls. Which, that's which why, some of us haven't watched it yet. That's why children, you wrap your shit up because you don't want a child.
1: He, he must have been children using one of those new everything. Galaxy S7 Edges if he like just got a phone call and it knocked her up.
2: Yeah, it was the uh it was the 2002 version. It was super elite. Super high tech um but anyways I, <laughs> um so anyway i i get that chewy was lost in the sauce like that's totally believable um uh yeah i totally and, and believe just that. just
1: so i'm following you the sauce is semen and not alcohol
2: ah uh, that's something you'd have to look up for sure <laughs> that might be uh considering the new uh that might be something you'd have to censor for people who like censorship on this podcast
1: i think you could say semen on television
2: no, I just I meant to describe the the. Yeah. Oh, got you. It's he he got lost in her pussy. I mean, come on, let's that's, <laughs> that's just.
1: I'm, you tr- know. I'm trying to be ambiguous here. The the p word,
2: okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, we're losing track here. Oh, uh, the other thing I was gonna say because you were going on about something how Norman Reedus was driving a giant truck or whatever, <laughs> it was too big and loud or. It was totally distracting. Um, and also, go- no
1: crossbow? What's up with that?
2: <laughs> well, you know, there's no zombies yet, so. Um, there was one zombie
1: who was sitting in the audience trying to watch the damn movie.
2: Oh, well, that was almost as good as your sunk cost pictures joke, so that was the other <laughs> thing I wrote down. That that joke accurately
1: communicated in 140 characters of what I felt about I, this
2: film. I, Sarah showed it to me, and I read it, like, 10 different times, and I still didn't understand. I was like, is this a reference? Like, I don't. Like, I
0: really I'm, am confused. This can't be the whole of the joke, <laughs> like, right? I, there has like, to be something
2: I, deeper. Like, I honestly was more fascinated than anything. I was like, what? Like, what? I don't know. But anyway, um, Stephen mentioned The Dark Knight, the opening heist of The Dark Knight. Um, come on, if you think if you think that's distracting, I mean, do you really think that no one saw that giant school bus drive through a bank? <laughs> like, a man come on what's what's the difference between that and 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 norman reedus driving the bus no no my 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 my
1: issue is not for onlookers to the situation my issue is what the f*** was their plan they were literally gonna drive the car behind the other car and he was acting as the scouter even though he was clearly in plain view with the rest of the shit like i don't i don't understand what the what their plan was
2: well i don't either because i didn't care it just looked really cool I I, I can't look at something
1: and just go like, "Oh, that's awesome." I look at it and go like, "Okay, so what's the plan here?"
2: Now, this is this is unfortunately my disadvantage (laughs) because when I watch a movie, like it makes sense to me while it's happening. Like, it's like, "Okay, I believe this," but. In retrospect, when I'm trying to just like re- rebuttal it or describe it, none of it makes any sense. <laughs> it just is like, well, it looks. Yeah, and I cool. mean, I, like, the thing I, is,
0: I I don't know what their plan is, but it convinced me there was a plan, and like that's all I cared about. Yeah, I, I wasn't d- that, in like in my mind, this movie was like it started out as inside man and then it became like sicario or the departed or something (laughs) and it wasn't as neat or heisty as inside man or as heavy as like sicario it was just something more like vague and energetic and like that's what it was going for and i think if you put it through the lens of like the heist genre you're gonna be disappointed because like carson said this is not necessarily a crack team of people who are great at everything this is like yeah, they're criminals like, who are caught in a
2: situation
0: that went deeper than they wanted it to be. But,
1: but you don't behave the way these characters are written to behave if this is your second rodeo.
2: Yeah, but we're also not criminals, <laughs> and they're also not real. <laughs> so but, I, but I feel I'm like, not in the movie. Like I, I, <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying. Like I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like that it goes back to the idea that they're like just they've had enough of the whole russian jew mafia (laughs) and uh they want out but remember he's got that kid so (laughs) but i get the feeling that that maybe they were a crack team at one point but now they're like they're kind of the the you know the the ends uh, the rope is loosening or you know they're rough around the edges now because it's like they're They're just tired. They're tired. They're corrupt.
1: I think what it all comes down to is is I don't like the flash if there isn't an explanation for the flash. Like, there are scenes in this that, like, if I just take them in isolation, I go, like, yeah, this is really energetic and fun. And then I think, like, what the hell is going on? Like, for instance, when the triple nine happens, the triple nine that the film presents us, we – there's this scene that is exactly what they want, all the cops in the city rushing to one location, for some reason, Woody Harrelson is, like, driving around other cops. Like, they're all going together. The, it, it's, like, in, in every other movie where, like, cops are rushing to the scene of a crime, like, the cops are darting, darting in and out of traffic and going around pedestrians and, and going around, like, n- normal motorists. But, like, for some reason, he's driving, like, in the center of the lane because he wants to be one car ahead of the rest of the pack just because...
0: Yeah, it, it almost seems like he's reckless and an alcoholic. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> That's true, Yeah. <laughs> But it doesn't add anything I'm to not it. saying I love his character, by the way, but dude, I, the, the, I can't put his character through that lens because he clearly is an erratic person in this movie. But like, <laughs> yeah, he's uh,
2: not stable at all. I, I don't. that. And especially since, you know, his his uh, nephew, right? It was his nephew. Casey mm-hmm. Affleck was his nephew, right? Or cousin or something? Yeah, his nephew. Uh, yeah. I mean, his nephew's in danger. I feel like that was a... He he reacted the way that they wanted him to react, which is that he would, you know, uh overreact in a sense and send yeah, every, I mean, he, send everybody there. But it's not like his he car was
1: faster than the rest of the cops cars and getting one car length ahead by driving in the center dude, of the road. Dude, he was probably get anywhere.
2: he was probably blitzed out
0: of his mind. <laughs> and, and here's the thing too. Yeah, and and he's clearly a person at the end of his rope, where the only thing that means anything to him is family. Like, he's right. this erratic, I, I feel like reckless that's person as... who feels, like, a need to protect his family. And I and feel
2: like that's pretty established. I, I'm pretty yeah, sure the only I feel thing he the cares
0: about is finding another joint. The otherwise perplexing end of this movie, like, the only way I can make sense of it is by that logic. That, like, yeah. this is who he is.
2: Also, I feel like... Uh, no, I don't know what I feel like, because I just went away. Uh, <laughs> where did it go, Thought? Come back. Um, I don't know. Somebody else say your, your something. I are probably I'll...
1: hanging out with the plot that's oh, absent oh. for this movie.
2: I know, I know. It, Chris's reaction, your reaction to this movie, it doesn't seem as hateful as I would have thought. Like I feel like this. The, the plot of this movie and what happens in it, like... There are way worse movies. No, here's the the deal.
1: Here's the deal. If this was a bunch of no-name actors and it was just a movie that was mediocre, I wouldn't care as much. But this movie has so many people in it and it feels like it thinks it's so good. And that is what makes me mad. Well, I
2: I, I disagree with that because I feel like if it was all unknowns and it was still done in the same way, the same director and everything, it still would be good. I feel like the fact that it has an all-star cast is just an added bonus. No, no, no. But
1: but you like the movie, so for you it's an added bonus. I don't like the movie, so the fact that everyone's in it, I go, you fing wasted all these people.
2: Uh, yeah, I can see that. I mean there's there's been examples or there's been times where I've you know, I've been that way on a movie. But I, I feel like this is like it's so random that like the the rare moments where, uh, and I'm speaking to the audience now, uh, the rare moments where Chris, like, gets really upset and says, like, he's going to walk out of a movie have weirdly happened for Casey Affleck movies <laughs> since it was this and The Finest Hours. Yeah, what do you have against Casey, In a, in a matter of a he month. the only thing in the movie. I know, actually, here's the thing. <laughs> but, but the other thing is how you mentioned in the beginning, which was Chris never posts his opinion about a movie before we record like that is i was like whoa like he really hated this movie we had a code bro yeah
1: i (laughs) was mad i was legitimately mad
2: yeah i i I mean i have one
1: more point that i haven't got to yet
2: okay well i i just wanted okay go ahead because i was gonna double back on the i got another example of a a bad movie.
1: Well, well, you you reminded me of it when you started talking about the fact that this is a Casey Affleck movie. So, mm. so Casey Affleck's character he is, he's the good guy, right? He yes. he is he's the Ethan Hawke character in this in this corrupt cop story, right? He is the guy who, sheerly the 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 re, the, the fact that he's a straight arrow is the thing that's supposed to be to get him killed. But that has nothing to do with the story. They don't want to kill him because he's a goody two-shoes. They just want to kill him because he's the newest cop they've met. Like, there is literally no reason to kill this character other than they want to pull off this job that I don't feel needs him to die. Like, so...
0: Well, there's one reason to kill him. Which is that he's the nephew of the deputy, right? which but, is but, no, no, supposed no, to make but, but, everyone but, get distracted. But here's the thing.
1: Yeah. the The deputy who is investigating a case that is completely unrelated to this group, the only reason he starts to connect those two cases is because the one person he's interested in, for completely unrelated reasons, is going to warn the character they want to kill. That is literally the only reason like like the filmmakers want to pull some crazy sort of like uh, Guy Ritchie style, like overlapping plot thing here. But literally, it's just one character and it doesn't make like if, to me, it just feels so thin and such so dumb that like I literally just go like, Ugh, oh, this is stupid like i
2: feel like i feel like the plot was not that sophisticated or complicated it
1: was negative sophisticated whatever the opposite (laughs) of sophisticated is
2: i feel like i feel like this steven mentioned sicario i feel like sicario and this sicario is a much better movie but um but i mean that is that is an example of a movie that's like uh like a level through and through i feel like this movie is a b movie and it knows it like and it's not Making any qualms to be anything more than that, uh, or, or you know, it doesn't have any aspirations to be more than that. Um, I don't think qualms was the right word there. <laughs> but, but like, uh, I mean, I mean, even with the Sicario,
1: <laughs> even with the Sicario comparison, I think I liked it the least out of the three of us. But I could still appreciate what it was doing. Like, I can appreciate the good sides of it. I think Ye- this film doesn't have a lot of good sides, and the the few good moments are overshadowed overshadowed by the fact that, like, the plot doesn't dictate the good moment that I'm watching.
2: Yeah, but I think, like, this is similar in Sicario in the fact that they both have very minimal stories that are elevated by style uh, and cast. Like, I think that the... I don't think that the story in Triple Nine was something that was a focal point. Like, I feel like they use that as a jumping-off point, to create just sort of this energetic action thriller um and going back to the whole reason why they wanted Casey Affleck's character to be the guy was cuz uh, like Steven said one very obviously that uh you know he's the nephew of of Woody Harrelson and then two I feel like that they just they just fucking hated him like there was something <laughs> about him that you know he got transferred from like the nice district and he's like Mr. Cool guy for, or you know he's like he's he doesn't seem hard you know he's not hard enough to be in the uh, the super gritty district you know but- the, where everyone's just I feel like that he felt like an outsider and that he was a easy target.
1: But see, I I didn't even see that. I think the only reason Anthony Mackie quote unquote hated him is because he knew he needed to do shady stuff. And before he could do that when he had no partner. But then because he had a partner, he had to figure out a way around that stuff. I think it was more inconvenience than hate.
2: Yeah, but it was clearly that he he was pissed at at this guy like he did not want to be partnered up with him. Sure, he, he was
0: pissed at him But I, I also think And I can't believe I'm thinking about this movie that much <laughs> um, But <laughs> I think he if, if you want to Pull this off Cleanly Which as many things in this movie It might not have gone cleanly But if you want to pull it off cleanly Having it be your partner Someone you can take out somewhere And get the job done Is a whole lot easier than having it be a random other guy Especially an established guy In the force so like he most of the context of him knowing this character is him knowing what he wants to do. So like he hates him and he kind of forces himself to hate him because like you don't want to like the guy that you're going to kill. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that that's how I read it anyway.
2: Well, also uh so to go back to what I was going to mention about uh this movie not being as bad as chris is saying it is um i have a no i have a question for you because this is a movie that i thought of while watching the movie uh was sabotage uh, excuse me sabotage <laughs> with arnold because the whole time i was watching this movie i was like oh shit this is like the good version of sabotage um and that movie was just terrible. like that movie i feel like is is the complete opposite of this where you know it, it has this ensemble cast, and they're trying to pull off heists, and uh, it's set in Atlanta. And there's <laughs> this very like gritty, like uh, you know, cop feel to it, and you know everything about it just comes off just so grim, and and nothing about it is fun. I think that uh, I think the the beauty, you know, the the positive of this movie, and. Uh, it is in the direction because I feel like John Hillcoat, like a lot of other Australian filmmakers can make these really dark and depressing movies, but not have them feel off putting and grim. Like it doesn't, you don't feel like you want to kill yourself after watching it. Like it's not the purge uh, or something like that or sabotage, which I had the the same reaction to. Um, And so like, you know, movies like chopper and the Rover, I feel like that kind of, really dark but it but it's like pulpy you know it's not it's not it knows that it's not happening in reality i think it that that helps it not feel so like oh gosh like i don't feel comfortable watching this like that kind of level of no funness so i mean would you would you say that this movie is worse than sabotage <laughs>
1: I don't even remember sabotage. The only thing I remember <laughs> from sabotage is somebody being like pinned with knives to the roof of a camper.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. The, uh, there was so, a lot of. So, so here's
1: here, here's the thing. I didn't like sabotage, but I don't remember being angry. I, I I guess I don't know why this movie made me angry. Maybe I was in a mood when I watched it, but I felt like I, I felt that like there was too much. Like I think sabotage. Was uh, executed in exactly the way that the like everybody involved in that film wanted it to be. It just wasn't a good movie. This I feel like thinks it's really good, and I think that's what makes me angry because I don't think it's good at all. And I don't understand choices. I don't understand Woody Harrelson's character at all. <laughs> like, like I don't. I, it. it uh, I don't know. Well,
2: I, the other the other movie that. That you know you guys brought up was run all night, and I think that that's another good comparison to sh- to to go to in terms of you know this is the this is the much better version because um, I feel like you know you were saying how run all night had a clearer story and everything, but I I feel like that movie is very bland and routine and doesn't have a vision like it's, and it's very it's very story driven. Like I feel like triple nine is not story-driven. It's an ensemble piece. It's character-driven. The director clearly had a vision for this movie, and I feel like it is executed well, and it is visibly seen in the movie. Like, everything from... I feel like this movie... It's weird because it's, it's, like, a very, like, urban, like, toughness, but there's a lot of, like, splashes of color in it, like, especially, you know, like we said, the opening scene with the bank bag, and then there's, like... There was the scene with the paint um, in that other, uh, the shootout in the apartment complex. And everything to like going down to Michael K. Williams's pink dog that he has with him. Um, and I will, uh, I know I, I mentioned it earlier that it was awesome, but like that cameo is worth the price of admission for this movie. Like I saw his name in the credits, like in the opening credits. And I was like, oh shit, I forgot. Michael K was in this movie, and then when he showed up, I was like, I didn't realize it was him at first. And then when he started talking and they showed his face, I was like, oh shit! Like I literally squealed in the theater. So it's I, it's I like worth to think it, it was Omar. Like, this is just
0: Omar to the next level.
1: Yeah I, I, yeah, I guess I just don't have the allegiance to The Wire that you guys do. And but
2: I, I'd never even seen The Wire. I just thought that, like, he's a great actor and was like, oh, shit. Like, I did not expect him to show up like this. Like,
1: I honestly don't remember what he did when he showed up. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh,
2: anyway, he had a pink dog. <laughs> did he do and... something important? Well, we don't want to ruin it for the just, people who to Just tell me right now him. and
1: I'll edit it out.
2: <laughs> what Where
1: this? were you? I I, I remember the chari- I remember the character now, but I, I, I just assumed that there was something more badass that happened.
0: Oh no, it wasn't badass. It was hilarious. Oh it
2: was it was badass. It was totally <laughs> badass. <sighs> I feel like this is this was like the same time when Chris like said he dozed off at some point during Snow White and the Huntsman. Like I remember describing a scene, you're just like, (laughs) I think I fell asleep for like five seconds. No, I was
1: awake because I was mad. (laughs) If I would have fallen asleep, I would have been like, oh, cool.
2: I think he was having a lucid dream. (laughs) Maybe I didn't see this movie. Maybe he was having a a nightmare. You clearly saw a movie where Aaron.
0: Dude, I have to bleep that out now because we <laughs> removed it from earlier.
2: Well, that's okay,
1: but no. But like, anyway, I, like, anyway, it, there it, was it, a there was
2: a strong vision. That was my point. It's
1: possible that I tripped exiting my car in the parking garage, hit my head, and woke up two <laughs> hours later having dreamed this movie and having been like semi accurate at certain plot points.
2: I don't know, man. Because it, I don't know. I I don't think it was as bad as. And even you describing, like, the things, the problems you had with it, I feel like are so minor. But, like, but, they're but not it, it's, even... It's, it's,
1: it's, a, it's an aggregate problem that I have with the film. It, it's It's constant minor things that take, like, the things that you guys celebrate at it, it's hard for me to celebrate it when I'm, like, already, like like okay this doesn't okay what's going on okay so this looks cool but i'm angry because this why is this happening like it's it's a it's a constant snowball effect where by the end when like i'm just i'm gonna bleep this but when every character is just shooting every other character like Mm. i'm it doesn't feel impressive to me it feels like yeah this is you thinking that that's really cool and impactful and it just it doesn't have the same weight of it's not a thing where like characters in desperation do a thing. It's like characters that like I'm bad guy do bad thing, and it's it doesn't it doesn't come off as clever writing or interesting or impactful or like oh damn. I mean there there there's scenes in in the shield where characters out of desperation do things to other characters, and like you're like oh fuck, that episode ends and you're just like oh. I feel heavy right now. In this movie, you're like, yeah, of course you would do something like that because you think that's cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, but The Shield also has the added benefit of being a TV show that you've, you know... Yeah, that I've spent seven seasons watching or whatever. Yeah, you've grown with the characters and everything. I mean, this movie, I feel like, doesn't take that approach at all. And I think that it is for the better um, because I like the sparseness. I like that they, they don't waste any time of trying to explain backstories or exposition. Like, I feel like if they added stuff like that in, it would really bog it down and get really boring. Like, I, I think that the, what Steven said, the the line that, you know, he has about, <laughs> that kind of sums up their whole ordeal is, like, really all you need for why these dudes are operating the way they are. And, and, and other characters, too. Like, I, I'm glad that there wasn't, like, you know a lot of that where it was uh giving giving you characters explaining you know characters reasons for why they are and or flashbacks or anything like that
1: but you you could just set up like if they opened, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know how you could do it, but you don't necessarily need to have ex- exposition. You just need to convince me through the actions of the characters that they're not bad for bad sake or bad because the script demands it to be bad. I want to feel the moral decisions that, or, or Im- immoral char- decisions that the characters make and feel like they're making it for reasons other than just like, oh, I, I, I wanted to have a movie where characters are cops, but also bad.
2: No, well, I mean, I thought, I thought it was fine the way that, I mean, I didn't think they needed to, I thought, the, yeah, I mean, I, I, what they, I, I think, I thought what they I, had was enough to, to get you, you know, into it and, and, you know, why they were doing what they're doing.
0: Yeah, I, I thought the cop characters, they were a little thin, like, I, I didn't mind. I kind of like the arc that Anthony Mackey goes on, even if I don't really know where he started, um. But yeah, like I, I thought they were not the strongest ones. I also think the ending is one of the weaker parts of the movie for me. So like I'm not saying it culminates in some grand finale that you can love. It's just um it's entertaining the whole way through. Like, like I don't feel like it damns the movie that it fizzles out and goes the kind of like departed y route with its ending. Not to say the departed is anywhere in quality to this movie. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying like you know, it ends in a kind of cliched note, but like it, it's fine. I don't know. But, but
1: here, here, I, here, I don't care. Here's the thing with the cliched ending too. Like, I'll, I'll try to say this as ambiguously as I can. But like the 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 whole reason for the triple nine is for this one job that they want to do. Now, in the job, they make it a pretty important thing to stress that they want to do this with zero casualties. They 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 even though they're bad guys, they want to like. You know, they're trying to knock people out, zip tie them. They're trying to do things to where they don't want to hurt somebody. Uh, Chewie does something for literally no reason than to foreshadow things later. Like, that thing he does basically goes against the trying not to hurt people. And the only reason that's there is to establish something that they'll use later. And for me, like, the second that happened, I knew that that would happen later. And it just, it was one of those things where I was like, why, like, I know that you think this is cool (laughs) as you're writing this on a page, you think this is really awesome, but it just, it's, it's like obnoxious to me.
2: Well, I thought it, I thought it worked in the moment. Like I didn't get that, that feeling that they were going to telegraph it. I mean, obviously, but it wasn't, it didn't stand out to me.
1: Mm -hmm. You weren't mad enough. That's why you couldn't see it.
2: (laughs) No, I wasn't mad. I was actually enjoying it, so it didn't matter.
0: I hope you at least like Chappie's cameo, right? When he refused to do the heist with them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't do heists. I cannot do heists.
2: Oh, yeah. Anyway, I mean... It's okay, Chappie. We
1: just make them sleep.
2: You know, I I just think that there's there's way worse than you could do than seeing triple nine
1: if these gangs were south african and there was a robot it would still be a bad movie but i would like it more
0: (laughs) good to know (laughs) Uh... we need to call in a triple z put the police to sleep (laughs) somebody just has to be somebody else's samurai
2: I think this episode is over. (laughs) I think we've exhausted everything about Triple Nine more than anyone has ever done.
0: I don't think the screenwriters thought about it this much. No, I don't think they did either. I'm
2: so mad. Don't you get it? Yeah, but I mean, no screenplay is, I mean, No, come on, like, no plot is perfect. Like, do you think your favorite movie of all time, Inception, has the most sturdy plot? Like, no. 100%. <laughs> oh,
0: let's not get into this. Oh, no. I'm just oh, saying,
2: no. no way, dude. That movie is awesome. I'm not putting it down at all, but I'm just saying, like, if you're really going to get into, like, realism and <laughs> stuff like that in regards to plot, like, no movie holds up when you shine a light on it. That's 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 spotlight that's, yeah, spotlight, yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm coming from. that's just my that's just where I'm coming from I don't know because uh, I mean it's it, like I said it's not real are you saying so this cares? movie had a
1: sixty seventh plot hole
2: <laughs> it did it did yeah
1: the the story it just evaporated straight <laughs> through the
2: walls <laughs> well that's fine by me
1: because you know all right well I think I think Stephen was onto something earlier I think we should probably wrap this up so. Carson, if you're gonna give this a must-see, I reckon it was a caveat. wait for rental, pass with the caveat or must avoid, what would you give it?
2: I'm gonna give it a must-see. I really enjoyed it. I think it's uh I think it's good fun. So sorry you had to watch a movie once, bro. <laughs> uh
1: hey, just be happy that I watched and loved Eddie the Eagle.
2: I, I I am glad, because if you didn't like Eddie the Eagle either, I probably just would have quit life. <laughs> <laughs> also,
1: I, I, I spent one night watching Eddie the Eagle, walking out of the theater with a high and being super stoked that I watched the movie. And then immediately the next night, I watched Triple Nine. So really, it's Eddie's fault. Oh, no. Anyway, Stephen, what would you give this movie?
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm trying to remember what I gave Sicario, because I definitely liked Sicario better than this, but I still like on a curve at least i feel like i like this movie clearly by this conversation i recommend with a caveat like kind of weak one i'm not i'm not really going to bat for this movie i think it is a perfectly fun way to spend a couple hours and it has its own style and it's doing something if not totally unique at least like singular and like fun to watch i i dug it and i think it was way better than something like run all night so yeah it's a fine early year blockbuster to go see
2: yeah and better than the finest hours (laughs) yeah i'll give you that (laughs) wait so if if chris had to choose between this or the finest hours what would you go with
1: oh god i would probably (laughs) i would probably watch this again yeah yeah what
0: about the characters from the finest hours Playing these characters. What, what like if... the girl is Kate Winslet's character. What, what if
1: Casey Affleck was dating the girl who was dating Chris Pine, and then she's like, you call him back. I'm scared there's going to be a triple nine. You got to bring him back now. He don't have to go out there.
2: <laughs> They're essentially the same movie. I mean, obviously. Oh, uh, well...
1: I'm willing to concede the fact that maybe I was unnecessarily mad at this movie, but I'm not going to say that I liked it because I didn't. Uh, I, I really disliked it, and for me, it is a must-avoid. But I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to concede that other people might not hate it as much as me. Um, but I can't change my rating because I'm sticking to it. But uh, I, I even said that in a comment on that from after my buddy's comment that he said that he was excited to see the movie i was like I, hey i could be crazy i could be crazy
2: that that is true
1: the only reason i'm arguing that it's bad is because that's what we do on the podcast
2: yes <laughs> we dive in debate and discuss yeah and, and argue. argue that's the most yes. important part you. <laughs> i forgot about arguing
1: you forgot my whole point <laughs> the one word I just, that i was referencing i just
2: remember all the d's i don't know Yes. I think I would remembered by now, yeah is
1: there a d word for argue uh I guess the other ones are all argue words too <laughs> they're
2: all like yeah. synonyms, so
1: I just needed a fourth a fourth uh <laughs> disagree yes, but you can argue in favor of something,
2: yeah, that's true
1: okay uh, anyways, yep. it, does, it doesn't just matter either way strong um we're, we're gonna go from this nonsensical movie to next week we'll be talking about another nonsensical movie oh about, right about a president being attacked <laughs> in a country that he doesn't lead an um, even
2: more realistic movie
1: yes and i think we're gonna have a guest on that episode too so that should be interesting
2: yes i'll just another person to fight <laughs>
1: But, uh, yeah. Um, do you want to let people know where they can find you, not Carson, since people can't find him on the internet? Steven?
2: Uh, I guess you can find me, you know, in Atlanta, in Hotlanta, <laughs> just hanging out with Michael K. Williams, Sweepy, <laughs> and his pig dog. <laughs> uh,
1: Steven?
0: Uh, you can find me in Atlanta also. I've got, like, a full neck tattoo, um... <laughs> I just kind of stand around, you know, just look for me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That could be a description of anybody. I
1: I don't know what to do when you guys do this. Um, You you can find me sitting with my arms folded on the side while all the action is happening, just shaking my head going, that's not plausible. That's not plausible. (laughs) That's not plausible. And also, I don't think that's plausible, Chris. <laughs> and also, and also <laughs> trying to drag uh, uh, Aaron Paul into rehab, <laughs> yeah. trying to get him on the straight and narrow.
0: <laughs> didn't you see Smashed? It doesn't work. Oh. Yeah, oh. Smash, Aaron, Smashed is another movie. I
2: think I didn't Aaron like. Paul, Aaron Paul, really needs a comedy. He really needs to lighten up. A hey, little. hey, I,
0: uh, hey! He was great
1: in uh, Need for Speed.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean that movie wasn't comedy
1: actually honestly i'm 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 semi excited for eye in the sky
2: yeah it looks good but again i'm sure he's playing another flawed character in that.
1: his only flaw is knowing that he doesn't want to drone strike some child true that's not a flaw that is a i gotta i gotta characteristic
2: i gotta watch good kill so i could figure out what's the best drone strike movie <laughs> of recent late
1: anyways um yeah. You can't find us if this is the first episode you're listening to because we're not going to tell you. But you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get all the backup or most of the back episodes of the show or some of the back episodes of the show. I don't know how many there are. Um, But if you want to get a hold of or if you want to know when the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning or like us at facebook.com slash the warning if you want to get a hold of us directly you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com you can use the contact form on our site or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW that's 760-575-4879 music for this episode will come from the soundtrack i guess to uh triple nine because why not oh yeah
2: atticus ross he was uh he was turning a pretty good score sounded very appropriately <laughs> gritty.
1: I didn't notice cuz I was actually passed out in the parking garage outside the movie theater.
2: <laughs> I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> Apparently, you just hallucinated the movie. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for joining me guys.
1: You're you're welcome. <laughs> sorry, sorry listeners for my incoherent rambling about how mad I was about this movie.
0: Sorry listeners.
2: Uh but hey. Hashtag, hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll, we'll, we'll try to make things better moving forward.
2: <laughs> ah, we don't need to make anything better. We just need to make it the same. Yeah, we'll,
1: ju- we'll just have to kill one
0: of us in the podcast. <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> so, what's Larry King been up to lately? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that's a reference to. <laughs> I think
2: that was just a non sequitur. <laughs> okay. Well, what was the thing that the
0: listener hated that Carson talked about? Oh, I like David, Letterman. Oh, David, David Letterman. Letterman. David Letterman yeah, which it. which
2: I I mean, this doesn't have to be. We can stop it now. But uh I went back and listened to that review to see like cuz I don't remember talking about David Letterman retiring. I'm
1: I'm stopping. Okay.